the biggest games. A perfect season complete. The Wanakee Warriors are your state champions in Division II. The most compelling stories. 50 years for Title IX. That's incredible. And this is the 50th anniversary. The area's best high school sports coverage. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. It is another Friday edition. Been a while since we've done this on a Friday of Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a terrific Friday night. I'm Alex Strofe, live from the ESPN Madison studio alongside my right-hand man, my partner in crime. He is the dean of area high school sports. He is the award-winning Dennis Semrat. Dennis, good to see you, my friend. How are you? Very good. Uh, it's been a fun week so far. Uh, actually, got to see a softball game Thursday, uh, Mount Horeb at Monona Grove, and uh, it was Senior Day for Monona Grove. And unfortunately for the Silver Eagles, the Vikings ruined it <laughs> for them. <laughs> uh, it saw four great defensive plays for Mount Horeb, uh, three home runs, uh, two for uh, Monona Grove, one for Mount Horeb. It was. Uh, uh, the facility there, to get to the Monona Grove Diamond, it's in Cottage Grove at an elementary school in the middle of a subdivision. I got the directions from the school, and when I was uh, heading out to Cottage Grove, I thought I was on my way to Marshall or Watertown <laughs> or something. You know, it was out in the country. Hey, oh, wow, we found it. You know, It's amazing when you uh, you, know, you got you know, you to cover a game and you haven't been to a place before. But it had been 15 years ago. I was actually at that diamond. It was 2008, my daughter's senior year, and Middleton was in the midst of playing 10 games in 11 days. And that's been kind of what this spring has been like for a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were able to get the game off. Uh, um, but uh, Mount Horb got a number one seed, and Monona Grove is in Division One for softball. And I understand that there's a school they're partnered with None of the uh, students in that school are athletes or participating in sports, but their numbers get added into Monona Grove's enrollment, which pushes them up to one. And the Division One seedings next week, uh, okay. they said their meeting is so that they haven't determined that yet. But Mount Horba, a very young team, uh, five sophomore starters, and a couple of freshmen on the roster. Uh, Jace uh, Holman, the uh, head coach's daughter, came in to uh, strike out the last batter to get get the save and. Uh, Anytime, you know, it, it was great. It was it was one of those games where it's seventy two degrees in May and it's sunny. Oh man, and it's perfect, and everybody's got their lawn chairs out. And of course, it's senior day, so they've got some pizzas ordered and stuff. But they had a full concession stand. Um, there is even dogs that were there. There was people brought their dogs. So kinda, you're telling me this chilling. was the best day of the year for you? Oh, so far. it was it was incredible. And uh, hats off to both the, the uh, Mount Horeb and uh, Monona Grove girls teams. Very well-played game. One of those games that you need right before tournament time when you get to the one and done. You know, pressure situations. There were just key defensive plays. A running catch in left field with the bases loaded. That ball hits, it's probably it clears the bases. Uh, right fielder for um, Mount Horeb also threw a pl- runner out at the plate. I was thinking of... Weimer for the Brewers, that cannon he's got. I've seen a couple of his throws lately. I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty good for a high school kid. 
and then um, uh, one of the players for Monona uh, Grove is going to be headed to Wisconsin. We'll be talking to her down the road here. But uh, talking to the coach afterwards uh, over at uh, Monona Grove, they've really turned that into a beautiful facility for that, and it's a nice complex for the uh, young kids, uh, the youth program, as well as for the high school program. So, But it was, it was just one of those days we finally got a, a beautiful day. And now, of course, it's supposed to rain today. And today is the uh, for the Badger Conference, it's the last day. Yeah. They're doing this first place versus first in the, the pods and all that. Next year they go to uh, from uh, east-west, they go to a large-small in the Badger Conference. But I know Mount Horb is going to be playing at Baraboo. Uh, for the second place game, uh, Oregon in the uh, Badger East uh, was the first, or no, in the Badger, where are we now? In the Badger West, <laughs> Oregon was the first place in the South Pod. I'm glad they're going to large, small. Yeah, this is confu- you. you've lost me, Dennis. It, it, gets, it gets confusing. But uh, anyway, they got one more game today, and then the tournament starts next week. So Wow. Well, it's already that time of year, and we'll shine a spotlight on softball a little bit later in the program. We'll talk with Cassie Bondi, the head coach at Stoughton, as well as twin sisters, two D1 commits in Hillary and Addison Blomberg from Verona Softball. Hillary headed to just right here in Madison, the University of Wisconsin next year, and Addison headed to be a jackrabbit at South Dakota State. So both D1 softball recruits will do a little co-interview with Twin Sisters uh, later in the program as well. It is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, of course, brought to you by our friends at Zimbraconda, where for nearly 50 years they provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbraconda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbraconda in Madison today or at Zimbraconda.com to search current inventory. But the big story in the area of the week, Dennis, not in softball, baseball, track, girls soccer. It is in boys basketball as the Wanakee School District has voted to oust longtime head coach of their boys basketball team, Dana McKenzie, after 20 years and 332 varsity wins. Uh, Dana McKenzie out as the Wanakee High School head coach. Uh, he released a statement earlier this week. I'll read just a little bit from that, and then, Dennis, we can get uh, your, your reaction and maybe anything else you're hearing from this story. But from Dana McKenzie on Twitter earlier this week, quote, I am extremely disappointed with the Wanakee Community School District's decision not to renew my contract as the varsity boys basketball head coach for the 23-24 season, a decision which appears to have been made with any without any input from me or the returning players. Over the last 20 years, with the help of so many assistant coaches, managers, parents, and players, we have developed a program admired and respected by coaches and communities throughout the state of Wisconsin. McKenzie goes on to say, quote, The relentless pursuit of my dismissal demanded countless hours by school administrators, hoops club volunteers, and our staff to scrutinize these unsubstantiated accusations. To be clear, these accusations are categorically false, end quote. Now, he does not say exactly what those accusations are, but quite the strong statement from the longtime Wanakee head coach, Dana McKenzie, Dennis, uh, as that is shocking. I know both of you, both you and I, were blown away when we saw this earlier this week. What do you know? Well, parent of uh, one of the players in the program told me, yes, that none of the parents, players, anybody were con- 
were contacted. Basically, they say it's a small group of people that are disgruntled. Their kids weren't getting playing time, and uh, they were trying to find any way possible to figure out how to get rid of the coach. And bottom line is, uh, rumors are that uh, every every school's got a booster program now for your sports. If you look at uh, we all use baseball as the example. We have the dugout club that sponsors uh, banquet every year. You emceed it first last year. And we raise twenty to twenty five thousand dollars a year to donate to the local schools for their programs. Uh, your typical baseball program might have enough money to buy a bag of balls. I mean, but there's right. uniforms and uh, for basketball, the shoot away things. I mean, all the all the all the whistles and bells in a program have to usually come through a booster program, and uh, they have a hoops program at Wanakee, like they do a lot of schools. And there's some talk that uh, money was not spent the right way, or things weren't accountable. I've talked to some various people that like Dana, that don't like Dana that say that things maybe weren't as transparent as they need to be, and there's more transparency is good, but there gets to be a certain point of, is it transparency or is it harassment? And I don't know. Uh, I'm not – I don't live in the community. I just hear the rumors floating around out there. Um, but it's like anything. There's two sides to a story, and you'd like to hear, one, what are the accusations? Two, was anything found? If it's not if, – if it isn't – how should the booster club affect my wife goes, how does that affect the high school team? I go, well, that's because they have the money. I mean, the, the money goes to the coaches right. to use how they see fit for it. And if people don't think it's being spent, well, I mean, that's their opinion. But the other thing is, is Dana's only comment to me was, okay, how do you, th- how do you think you know, most coaches quit or, get, or go out? It's a typical it's parents that don't like the fact their kids are getting playing time. Uh, a friend of mine who's involved in the school district goes, well, you know, I told him they should have played their kid, this this guy, this kid, a couple more minutes, and maybe that might have helped. I go, I don't know about that. But um, I've seen it long enough in 40 years, no matter what the community is, you have some people that, you know, have more power or, or try to exert their power over a program, and we forget about what's good for the kids. You know, are the, you know right now, there's no coach in the program, so anything that they want to do, summer program, either doing off-season workouts, open gyms, all that stuff comes to a halt. And you see this in school districts a lot of times where they wait to hire a coach through a summer. Well, if you're – all programs now are almost three, you know, 365. Everything's built on off-season workouts. The great programs and, are, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you look at uh, – I'll use Pat Rice, the football coach at Wanakee, as an example. He has a template on any given day. He can tell you what he's doing with his program, where he's meeting with the coaches, what he's working on offense, on defense, the weight room program, uh, their seven-on-seven program for passing, uh, how many teams they're going to have at the youth level, how many youth teams they're going to have, who's coaching those programs. I mean, to be a head coach at a high school program, it's a phenomenal uh, responsibility. Dana did a hell of a job. 322 wins, 12 conference titles. Uh, it went to state three times, so it's, that's three sectional championships. Uh, all three of those were in Division Two, I believe. And now they're a Division One program, and they're competitive every year. So I don't see any problems from a coaching standpoint. But as a coach, you're going you're gonna to upset some people, and people have their opinions. And I just, I just find it difficult for a coach these days 
to be able to have that long term. A Jerry Pettigrew lasting for as long as he did. Um, you know, he's upset guy people over the years, even though he's won and as many titles as they've won, I'm sure people are saying, Well, why didn't you win more? Or why did you know, why don't you have this guy? Or why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? But uh, you don't get rich coaching high school sports. No, you do not. You do it as a labor of love for the kids. And um, I'd be interested to hear more on, on both sides of the story, people other than saying, oh, well, there's accusations. What is it? I mean, you replace a coach. Now, I think uh, in 20 years, yeah, that, that's a long time in this day and age for it. But I know Dana back when he was at Pecatonica before he got that job and uh, followed his career, and he's been very good promoting his kids, his program. Never heard him say anything negative about the kids. So you're looking at a, a situation of um, uh, he said, she said, and uh, want to see more. But because it's done now, the WBCA in the past has come in to try to, to help coaches. But this was done on the school board with no chance for the other side, I think, to, to, to say anything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's usually usually you know you meet it would be okay the coaches the players uh, there's some issues going on here what's going on with it but you're going to have a new superintendent you're going to have a new athletic director at Wanakee there's a lot of things up in the air right now and all I know is uh, a school board that uh, <clears throat> some people in town are not going to be happy with because of that but. Again, <laughs> welcome to politics in the year 2023. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's sports, uh, religion, whatever. I mean, uh, things are pretty volatile. So I just wish Dana well. I thank him for all the time that he's put in with coaching the kids and uh, talking to his student athletes. We've pro- profiled a number of them over the years. And it's not just athletes, you know. They're molding young men, people getting involved in the community, giving back, and I think he's done a hell of a job there. So whatever else is going on behind the scenes, I wish I knew more, but um, I just wish him well. Yeah, I, I do as well. 20 years, and we've talked to Dana several times on, on this program over the years, of course, is what Wanakee has done and, and done it at a high level consistently. So shocking news earlier this week is Dana McKenzie out as the head boys basketball coach at Wanakee High School after 20 years. We'll keep you posted as more info comes out on that story throughout the next couple of weeks. But as of now, what we've got is a statement from Dana McKenzie, and that's about it. I, I tried to go back and watch the, uh, the board meeting, Dennis, as I was getting ready for this. Couldn't really find exactly where this happened. This right? was in closed session. Okay, there you go. They made that, the decision in closed that, session. That so. would be why, which is very interesting to me. But nonetheless, uh, we'll keep you posted as more information comes out on that. We will talk, too, as we flip our attention to what's going on right now. Softball, we'll talk with Cassie Bondi, the head coach at Stoughton. Right after this, you're listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Roll out of the Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand, a special Friday night edition of Malik Strofe alongside the Dean of Area High School Sports, the great Dennis Semrau from the ESPN Madison studio. How exciting is this, Dennis, as we prematurely celebrate mother's day we bring in a mutual friend of ours the head coach of stoughton softball the great cassie bondy joins us now on prep mania bondy good to talk with you how are you 
Oh, you know, we're just living the dream here in Stoughton, that's for sure. Wonderful city. I I, uh, I was there last weekend. I had a great time. Shout out to Deeks is where I was. Uh, now, let's let's get into this. We, we, you, you find out your, uh, your regional opener opponent earlier today, Bondi. You get Whitewater next Thursday. But before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about your team. Been a pretty solid season for the Vikings down in Stoughton this year. Yeah, we, um, you know, our program's down in numbers this year. Um, we started out with, with 21 kids, a couple injuries have kind of bit us. Um, we've only got 18 right now, so we've got just enough for our varsity and JV. Um, but luckily, we got, you know, we got a couple kids who are kind of those swing players, so they're, they're on the JV team, but if anything were to happen at the varsity level, they're, you know, got to hustle on over and change their jersey so that we can use them. Um, I think, you know, our, our wins and losses are not where we want them to be, but this in my this is my third year, technically fourth, but I lost my first with COVID. Um, I think this, this group has probably got the best camaraderie that I've ever had. Just, you know, all the kids come to practice. They're, they're in pretty good moods. They want to be at the Ball Diamond. They're, they're friends outside the Ball Diamond. And, you know, in, in this time, that's, that's all you can ask for. I've got a great group of kids. Yeah, Cassie, you've been working with the program since 15, and uh, I saw some note that you really started basic with the youth program. How important is that youth program for a head coach to, one, have control over it, and two, to be able to get, to get the kids into, you know, so you can get those numbers up? Oh, that, that's huge. You know, when I, when I came to Stoughton, um, I got hired here as a teacher like two days before the school year started. Um, the year before I was the JV coach over in Sun Prairie. So I knew I wanted to coach. Um, they had, they had the JV job open. So I applied for it. And after that first season, just some of those kids coming in, just kind of not having some of that basic softball IQ, which is something, you know, at the high school level, I kind of took for granted thinking, okay, these kids are 14, 15. These are things they should know. Um, so that next year I started helping out with the youth program and, you know, I, I feel like our youth program has kind of grown. Unfortunately, you know, some kids, uh, have you know seem to really enjoy softball, but then they they leave for maybe it's work reasons or maybe you know they they want to play a club sport in another club sport with another sport, which which is fine. Um, but the kids we have kept, I think, are are doing a nice job. Um, what's nice about our youth program right now? We've got twenty ish eighth graders that say they're going to play softball next year, which is huge. If they all come out, that might you know. That would give us enough for two teams for sure, and I might even need to try to find some JV2 games next year, which has not happened in my nine years at Stoughton. So that that would be awesome if we could get to that three-level program. Um, this is our Mother's Day episode. You are also a mom. How is life yeah. juggling as a teacher? You're, uh, last time we saw middle school, um, basically uh, media relations type classes? <laughs> Actually, this year I switched to language arts, so I teach eighth grade language arts. Okay. Um, the last last seven years, I did what we call digital media, so I got to do like photography and computer art. I actually did a um, kind of a basic journalism class for eighth graders, which I loved, considering my previous career path. So we we had like a student newsletter that was awesome. But this year there was an opening for language arts. I wanted to kind of switch it up and try new things, and so far that's going really well. Um, luckily I've got a very supportive husband at home. Um, Carl, you know, when, when the varsity job opened up, we had just found out we were pregnant with our first daughter. And he, he said, I, you know, I told him, I said, she's due the day we're supposed to, the season is supposed to start. And he's like, you have been wanting to do this for how long? He's like, we'll make it work. And I, I was like, okay. 
Um, so I had Caroline that day before the season started, but it was also the, the it was also the day the world shut down because COVID hit. So <laughs> it's kind of you know <laughs> that's, that's my that's my silver lining is that I got to be home with with Caroline the first gosh it ended up being I think six months before I came back to work um, because of everything with COVID. Um, we had Cameron. She was born in September, so I was at school for the first five days and then had her. Um, but luckily, like I said, Carl is fantastic with, with, with the girls. And, you know, Caroline, she's my three-year-old. She comes to practices when she can. Monday night, we, were, we had an indoor practice, so I brought her along, and she was racing the kids in the weight room, running around, well, the, you know, <laughs> indoor practice. She wanted to get the bat and helmet out, so I say, okay, she'll put the helmet on, and then she'll say, no, Mama, I don't like it, so we'll take it off. Um, but the kids, the kids, you know, love it when they're around and that's, I'm just, I'm so blessed to have such a great group of kids that I do that have not only welcomed me into Stoughton, but also my family. You already have a ready-made battery, don't you? Get a picture and catcher. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yep. They would be, I, I think I figured out grade-wise when Caroline's a senior, Cameron would be a freshman. So we just got to figure out, you know, give them a couple of years to figure out which one will be the pitcher, which one will be the catcher. Um, you know, it's funny. People always ask me, well, what if they don't play sports? What if they don't play softball? And I say, well, I'll need therapy for a little bit to, to work through that. But <laughs> as long as they're happy and healthy, you know, that, that's all that matters. True that. We're talking with Cassie Bondi here, the head coach at Stoughton Softball. And Bondi, we, we mentioned uh, it's all, almost already regional time next week, right? It's crazy how fast these seasons blow by. Yeah. Me, me, me and Dennis talk about that every week. It's already the middle of May. But uh, how, how do you balance the weather, right? Because we know how, how bipolar the Wisconsin weather is. Has there been weeks where you're getting four games in in a week? I mean, how, how have you balanced that in Stoughton? Um, yeah, we've had a couple, we've had a couple three, four game weeks, um, with our schedule. Luckily we got three games in over spring break cause we went to Florida for the first time in, in our program history. We had fundraised the last couple of years and went down there and played three games there. Um, that was a great experience for the kids and, and for the program and to get some games in. So that took care of three of my non-conference games right there. So I didn't have as much room for any non-con games. Um, it seems like anytime we tried to play Oregon, Mother Nature had different different ideas. So I think it was our, I think it was our fourth time around. We finally got them in, but then we had to push it an hour to play at a different field because it rained the night before. But you know, I was, I was texting their head coach Scott Marcus over there that morning and I said, you know, come hell or high water, we're going to get this game in today. And I don't care if we come to you or you come to us, but we're going to find one playable field. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, that's just part of the game in Wisconsin in the spring. You know, coaches, we talk about it all the time about how, you know, sometimes we do have those four, even five-game weeks at the end of the season because you got to get those conference games in. Um, some other teams are a little bit more blessed than we are because they've got the pitching that can handle those. Um, you know, we've got decent pitching, but if we were to have a five- or six-game week, that would that, that would be a lot on us. Yeah, Cassie, we go way back. Uh, I, I saw on LinkedIn – 2010 to 2014, we worked together at the State Journal. So people yep. don't know about your journalism background. How did you end up making that decision to leave the dark side <laughs> and, <laughs> and head into education? Um, you know, it was it was kind of a couple things. First off, I you know being a six pointer at the State Journal was an awesome experience covering high school sports. Um, you know, whenever I introduce myself to new kids, I talk about how I got paid to watch sports, and I was like, how many of you think would be that? think that would be a pretty cool job. And all the kids like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Um, and part of it was, you know, I, I thought Rob Hernandez would never leave because he had been here for a thousand years. Yeah. And that, you know, that was that was my dream job to be that, you know, I wanted to be the next 
prep sports dean of Madison. But between you and him, I was like, oh, they're never going away. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> but, but then I, I got into coaching. My, uh, one of my yeah. best friends from high school had gotten the head varsity girls basketball job at Pecatonica in, oh, Lord, what year was that, 2012 maybe? And, you know, he asked, he knew I played basketball at MATC and that, you know, that was my, that, you know, that's one of my, one of my sports I played. He's like, you want to come down and coach me? I was like, sure, why not? And it was literally about a week into that season where I was like, I need to be a coach. I need to be a teacher. Like I just, it, the light bulb went off and it, I just, I felt like I was home um, and went back to school the next fall. And yeah, this is my ninth year now in Stoughton going into year 10. Title IX, we look back, and you were an athlete in high school, too. What's, you know, Rob, Rob Hernandez and I talked to us all the time about how when we had two or three girls' sports on the front page for preps, that was awesome for sports publicity. You looked at with the NCAA basketball tournament, the discrepancy between how the men and the women were treated. How are girls' sports now viewed, and uh, how far have we come, and how far do we have to go? I think we've we've come we've come a long ways. You know, I think about um, you know r- right now it's it's conference tournament weekend for Division One college softball, and I think about how many softball games are being broadcasted on TV. You know, I'll I'll put on my put on my TV if, if I'm home and I, I see options for like six or seven different games. You know, even three years ago, that was that wasn't an option. That wasn't a thing. Um, so I think I think the college coaches at all levels and all sports have done a great job advocating for their sports. Um, you know, you see that, and that's what that's what the kids see. They they see things on TV, they see things on social media. Um, you know, especially some of these these bigger players with the NIL deals and the advertising, and you know, it's still come a long way. But I think we still have a little bit of ways to go. You know, sometimes, you know. I teach middle schoolers, and we can all agree that middle school minds are, uh, what's, what's the nice way of putting it, still developing. So, <laughs> you know, just, just at lunch 10 minutes ago, a kid was like, baseball's harder than softball, and I just kind of gave him that look of, like, really, dude, like, Where are you going? <laughs> yep. Like, we, we, all, we all know they're, they're both hard in their own ways. Like, we cannot put that just because one's a boy sport, one's a girl sport, one is harder than the other. And that's one thing, being a middle school teacher, that I try really hard to do, too, is trying to, you know, bring down some of those high brains, but also lift up some of those brains that are like, I can't be an athlete. Yes, you can. There's a place for everybody. You just got to find what, what you're into. Bondi, you're the best. Thanks for so much for taking some time with us. We know how busy you are with softball, being a parent, uh, teaching. I know you're taking like a lunch break with us, so we really appreciate you taking the time. We could go for another 20 minutes, but uh, always great catching up with you, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. Oh, for sure. Maybe the next 20 can be at Deeks next time you're in town, Alex. Uh, that sounds like a plan to me. That's Cassie Bondi, the head softball Thanks, coach at Stoughton High School. We will continue it next at Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on ESPN Madison. Rolling on, it is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and with scouts on demand. I'm Alex Strofe with you from the ESPN Madison studio, as always, alongside the dean of area high school sports, the great Dennis Semrau. And this is a fun one, Dennis. We've got a fun duo to talk to now here on Prep Mania, representing Verona softball. 
Uh, now, I can't call them twins because they're triplets, but it's two of the three triplets in the Blomberg family. Hillary and Addison join us now. Hillary, a D1 recruit here in Madison to the University of Wisconsin, while Addison headed to South Dakota State, a jackrabbit. Hillary, Addison, thanks for being with us. My first question for you is a silly one. Who would win in a fight, a jackrabbit or a badger? I'll let you two just uh, battle it out. <laughs> badger for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. The feistier animal, right? Yeah. So what was it like, the recruiting process for both of you? I guess we'll start with you, Hillary. Um, for me, it was pretty uh it was pretty calm for some amount of time, and it kind of picked up as our summer seasons would come around. Um, basically, I was looking for a school that would fit me because I wasn't really sure of where I wanted to go, and I was always getting told, well, you got to find a place, you got to find a place. But I always loved Wisconsin, so I was always kind of in the back of my mind hoping that they would come interested to me and hopefully offer me one day. So I never really knew what else I wanted, so it was just kind of a struggle to find another school. So when Wisconsin offered me, I was like, well, I kind of have to go. I mean, it's, like, perfect, I feel like. And Addison, how about with the Jackrabbits? Um, I went to a lot of camps throughout my years, and I went to one in South Dakota State, and I really liked it there. It was really nice. And they offered me probably a month later. And I I was like, I, well, yeah, this is a great choice. I had to go. And I'm glad, like, my parents brought me out there and um, gave me the opportunity to show my skills to them. Now, have you ever been apart? You're going to be going to different like schools from, now. You're going up. Oh. Have you ever lived, uh, lived apart or spent a lot of time apart? Yeah, this is probably going to be the furthest we've been apart for a while. I mean, we've been playing on the same team for a very long time, and it's just it'll be weird. Mm-hmm. And then your other sister, where's she, uh, Mia? Where's she going to go? She's going to Edgewood around here. So three, three to, different schools. Yeah. yeah, Mia and I will be really close to each other, though. Addie's just going to kind of be the odd one out and going very far. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. Cool experience for both uh, for both Addison and Hillary Blomberg here with us on Prep Mania. Ladies, bring us up to speed on the season. 12-4 uh, and four in conference play for you and the Wildcats and 13-6 uh, and six record overall. How's the season been from your perspective? Addison, we'll start with you. I think it's been pretty good. We've had some hiccups during some games, but there's no way to go around those. Every team has them. And I think we've been playing really well against most teams. And, um, yeah, we've been showing what we can do. Totally. And you're right about those hiccups. Hillary, what about from your perspective? I think throughout the season we've gradually increased our ability and togetherness as a team. I think we started off kind of rocky, and then kind of as the season has gone on, we've come together and we've been figuring it out how to play together and how we play together best. Um, Of course, we've had, like, our gradual, like, declines, but we come right back up, and if something goes wrong, we bounce back from it really fast, and 
we just, I don't know, we just love each other as a team. And a lot of us just play to be together, honestly. And we just love the environment we've created. And we're hoping to continue this momentum going into playoffs starting soon. Yeah, we fight for each other. Well, you're in a in tough sectional, and you had a big game this week with Middleton, 3-2 win, extra innings. How big is a game like that, I guess, Hillary, uh, you know, as, as a pitcher, um, to have a game like that before tournament time when it's a one-and-done situation? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the first time we've seen Middleton, so that was just a good to know what they have over there and how they do against us. And I think that was a pretty big win because um, – they might have been going into that thinking that, oh, they just lost the night before. They might be a little down. But we came back and we beat a tough team, a good team. And I think it really showed that we aren't one just to count out in playoffs. And, uh, Hillary, you had a, a no-hitter against, was it Janesville Parker this year? Um, 13, maybe. 13, coach said there, there's maybe some discrepancy on it, but he thinks it's a no-hitter. You had 13 strikeouts. uh Addison, what's oh, it what's yeah. it like to to when when your sister's on the mound, in the circle rather? It's kind of boring because you don't get any balls in the infield. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, she just mows them yeah, down. Yep, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. What's what's the best part, I guess uh, we'll start with you, Addison, the best part about playing for Verona softball? You grew up wanting to be a Wildcat. The program's been extremely successful for a long time. Uh, what was it like for you growing up? I think it's crazy that I get to be on this team thinking I used to watch these people play when I was younger and stuff, and then also playing with people that I've known all my life and I've been close with, go to school with have classes with. I think it's pretty awesome. And uh, Hillary, how about for you? What uh, what kind of stands out about the program? Kind of the same for Addie. I mean, we started on this program when we were just five years old, and we've had people coach us through this program, people who have gone to our high school the entire life, and I'm still kind of in disbelief that, wow, I'm like a senior on Verona, like we're like the top, That that's it. Like we looked up to these people when we were younger, and now we are those people, and I have so much respect for the program because I wouldn't be here um, like as good as I am today without them because they started us from the bottom up. Okay, for... Uh... Taking a look at the, your, at your family. Who's your biggest cheerleader, and who makes the most noise, mom, dad, or sister? Oh, that is really. I think. <laughs> I think it's my dad. I don't can get really loud. I mean, they all can get pretty loud. I mean, it's this is really tough. I mean, they're all screaming. I can all hear their voices in videos of like big plays or something. It's, yeah. I don't know, but my dad does get pretty loud. I'd say probably my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did your uh, mom or dad coach you guys growing up? Yes. Oh, yeah. um, my mom and my dad were coaches for us kind of on like 10U and 12U, I'd say. But um, once we started getting older, they weren't our coaches anymore. Yeah. Talking with Hillary and Addie Blomberg from Verona Softball here on Prep Mania. And obviously, softball, and you guys have been through this for years, right? The, the weather always plays plays a factor, and, and sometimes it creates some hectic weeks. What, 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 have you had any weeks where it's been four or five 
game weeks. Have you had any weeks like that this year? We've had a few weeks like that this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this week is uh, – last week we had five games. This week we have five games. So we have back-to-back. Like, they're rough weeks. We're getting kind of to the end of our rope here. I mean, we're we're just – next week will be nice and calm because I think we have two yeah. next week. But right now we're kind of in a really long stretch. We haven't practiced really much at all, and it's been a little rough. Yeah, and what, what's a, what, how does the preparation change for a week like that, right? Your normal week is, is probably, what, two, maybe three games? But when you have back-to-back five-game weeks, how does preparation change? Are, are, are you not having any practices? Are they very calm practices? How does preparation change for weeks like that? Um, I think we have just more slow-paced hitting practices or, like, more, like, less drill-based practices so we don't exhaust ourselves for, like, the games ahead of us. Well, back... Yeah, yeah, we kind of... Sorry. We kind of focus on the games from the week, and if we can sit in a practice, um, it's kind of just something about how we went wrong in a game. It's very minor stuff. Or the coach will just kind of let us rest because he knows that we have such a long week ahead of us and we just had a long week. Well, my daughter went to Middleton. She graduated in 2008. So 15 years ago, the two teams met at State. Verona won one to nothing. So my daughter still is not forgiving you guys for that. But that year, (laughs) they had 6 a.m. practices to hit, and then they played, I think it was like 10 games in 11 days. Do you have pregame practices or what's your – do you have access? What What are things that are like you know training for softball now? I mean, the facility. You obviously you're on a college campus, you know, and you have a beautiful facility. I guess what's all that like? And you know, do you have opportunities to go in and hit in the morning, or or you know, when you got game days? I mean, Abby and I sometimes will go to the fields before school and do our own thing, but I guess. Things are a little different now. I mean, our coach isn't requiring anything of us, but Eddie and I do a lot on our own just because, I mean, even just after the game last night, we did our own stuff because we felt um, like we needed to work on some things right away. But I guess we have access to anything we need. Like, we can come in and use our workout facilities in the morning. We can use the gym, and people are very open to letting us use all that. Yeah, when the weather is nice outside, we use the cages and outside of our fields and stuff, too. Well, Hillary and Addie Blomberg from Verona Softball. We appreciate the time, guys. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way, and good luck in the playoffs. Thank you so Thank much. You. And that is the Blomberg sisters from Verona Softball as they get ready for a playoff push. We'll wrap up Zimbricata's presentation of Prep Mania right after this on 100.5 ESPN. Wrapping up Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Alex Stroke, the Dean, Dennis Semrau, hanging out with you. Big thanks to Hillary and Addison Blumberg, as well as Cassie Bondi joining us tonight on Prep Mania. A couple news and notes to go over before we let you go for the weekend. First things first, Dennis, one of the longest running debates in the state. Should we implement a shot clock? And the, and the debate is back. 
It is. Again, if you're a large school in the state of Wisconsin, uh, Division I, uh, 84% said yes. Division II, 62% yes. Division III, 41%. Division IV, 33%. Division V, 21%. As Interesting. You can tell. Yes, the large schools, yes. The small schools, no. Now, there are a couple of states that uh, do, a, do it for their large schools. And uh, Nebraska and Arizona adapted the shot clock just for the large ones, but you got a problem in uh, you got some uh, some conferences that have you know three different divisions, might be one, two, and three all in the same, or two, three, yeah. and four, or whatever. So it'd be interesting to see. But now, yes, the the uh, uh, April fifth was the meeting of the basketball coaches advisory, and they always come up with topics. And, and every sport's got an advisory committee, and if they want changes made, that's where it starts. Then it goes through all the, the athletic directors and the uh, superintendents, principals, uh, all the way up to the Board of Control, and so it can be stopped at any point. But Jerry Pettigrew, the longtime executive director, is one of the proponents of it, which is interesting because he's at a Division Four school, a small school. But uh, he hopes it's going to be part of it. You look at the cost factor. Um, he thinks that every community is going to have somebody that would sponsor it. Uh, the smaller schools say, well, the problem is is it's hard enough to find somebody to run the clock in the scorebook. I find that hard to believe that you know people just get to go to the games. I mean, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I'd be volunteering at a local high school doing the scorebook. I've been doing scoring for 40, 50 years, right. whatever. No better thing than to be at the table watching, getting bird's eye view. Uh, as, as far as working the scoreboard, I like to stay away from that because you make one little mistake and people are all over your face. <laughs> Where's hey, it's five, not four. You missed the foul. I've been there. Oh I've God, been there. been there, done that. Yeah, it's two one, not one two. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, to find somebody to do the shot clock, you can train people for that. You know, I, I I think the fact that when you get down to the end, I hate the stall. I hate seeing teams where okay, now you got to come out and try to chase because they're doing a the old uh, North Carolina four corners and and uh, and how games can just be a foul fest at the end. And I think that uh, you, you teach the kids. Yeah, in a lot of games, you don't need a, a thirty-five second shot clock. The shot's going to be taken in fifteen twenty seconds. You get a lot of fast breaks and whatever. But I think it's for the end of the game thing and. And uh, things change. I mean, it's not the same game, and we're not trying to be like the NBA or the or the colleges, or whatever. But anything that can kind of pick it up. And I've worked as a statistician for a long time at at the state tournament. And I'll tell you, when when they go to these, uh, this you know, Harry sucks <laughs> kind yeah. of a thing at the end. <laughs> you, you just don't like the fact that uh, they're not playing. I've seen this at the youth level too, where. We used to have a time. You had to bring the ball over a timeline, but you had ten seconds, and they'd wait and wait and stay in the backcourt as long as they possibly could, trying to kill time. Of course, what, what, these the kids don't like that. They like a faster game. So, uh, whether it's going to happen or not, I know the the basketball coach association has made it one of their made it probably their number one uh, point on their agenda this year. And uh, Coach Pettigrew said, yeah, it's for the 25-26 school year. So that's a couple years down the road. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's been past. You know, you've had your own experience about that, uh, writing about that back in the day, right? Sure have. Yeah, I think it was. It would have been 2017, the summer of 2017. The WIA approved it, right? They, they were planning on implementing it. I think it was for the 1920 school year. Uh, and then a few months later, 
they said, yeah, never mind. Uh, all the schools can't afford it uh, or, or don't want to do it. So what's what's your vote? If you had a vote on this, are you saying yes or no to the shot clock? I, I say yes. I also say yes. A, I, and, I, think um, it'd be, I think it'd be a positive addition. I do, too. And I, I understand the reasons why, and I see the coach say that, which, which is great. That's The best thing about it is um, you only get better if you have debate and, and uh, trying to – you know, versus to keep things the status quo, I think you should always kind of be uh, pushing the envelope a little bit, seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And if, um, but yeah, to get a corporate sponsor to uh, WBCA, find a corporate sponsor, okay, and put put some of these shot clocks in. A lot of the gyms are the capability is already there. I mean, with with the, what they've got, it'll be you know a, a clock on on top of both baskets. Uh, but now you're saying, okay, if, if it's for all levels. You need you're playing in multiple gyms, so I mean, it's more than just two. You got a JV game, a JV one game, and a JV two game going on with a shot clock, but they don't have a shot clock in their gym. You know, or do you wait till the vars to get to the varsity level before you implement it? Yeah. Um, so that that's the question. You know, some have said uh, just let's do this as an experiment and give it a shot, but that was shot down. So. But I guess uh, $4,100 per clock is kind of the going rate, kind of numbers I've seen thrown out there. But Yeah, and I think if you implement it, it's only for varsity, right? So uh, it, it'd, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. I, I'm, I would be a huge fan of it, but we will see. Real quick, Dennis, we got about a minute left. Uh, May 15th now, the new date, which is Monday, for Cardinal Strikeout Cancer. Oh, Middleton please. Sun Prairie. It was delayed for March or May first, rather, and out of May fifteenth. You'll be there Monday yeah, as I'll long be, as it happens. Right, I'll be there Monday. I'll actually, be there for the uh, right, right. Be there Monday for the um, uh, Middleton Times Tribune. Two alarms and one show for Dennis Semrau. Not bad. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Me and phones, I'll tell you. Yeah, this this will be uh, kicking off at 410, uh, well, pregame infields and whatever. There'll be a ceremonial first pitch. Uh, a couple of Badgers were supposed to be there the first time around. We'll see if they make it. That was Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn. Uh, they, they had uh, arranged, but we're not sure now with the school the out of session. Stuff, so right. Um, but anyway, um, all proceeds support American Family Children's Hospital Pediatric Cancer Research, taking donations. So show up, and this is always a great game, Sun Prairie East now. There's two high schools. I guess I said Sun Prairie, didn't yes, I? Sun Prairie East and Middleton, both excellent programs. And uh, you see a great game for a great cause. Please come out. He's Dennis Simra. I'm Alex Strofe. This has been Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on ESPN Madison.